0: Welcome to the Girl Games Podcast, hosted by Alexis Adams and Amber Patchalock. We are NPC bikini and wellness competitors on our Road to Pro. In our podcast, we're going to share everything from the good, the bad, the do's and don'ts, with the hopes of helping anyone who may be new to the sport get ready for some serious girl games. Hey, hey, what is up? Welcome back to the Girl Games Podcast. I'm Amber Patchalock. I'm Alexis Adams. In today's episode, well, first of all, we missed a week just due to, you know, travel. It was Olympia week, and then we had a little oops- When we recorded the Olympia Arnold recap, for some reason, started downloading, my lights flickered and we lost all the audio. So what we're going to do today, we're just going to touch briefly on the Olympia a little bit just simply because I feel like it was so long ago. And then we will jump into our episode for today, which will be traveling as a bodybuilder in prep in off season. So for the Olympia mini recap, please keep in mind, these are just our thoughts. We are not the law. We are not the Bible. We're just sharing what we saw. And then also Alexis was there in person. I was not. And you guys got to understand being in person versus seeing Pictures on Instagram and stage photos, it's just not the same. All right, so we will briefly run through bikini really, really quickly. So, first place was Jennifer Dory. I feel she was just balanced from top to bottom, perfection. Second place, we had Laura Lee. Third place, we had Ashley Kay. Fourth place was who was fourth place? I don't remember now
1: that maureen girl maureen yeah maureen and then
0: fifth place was Issa.
1: yeah so um i think maureen was what do they call it the black horse dark horse the wild card uh, i don't know <laughs> yeah She <laughs> <Something. laughs> was the top placer yeah um the other four girls have been running in the top of course ashley kutwasser competes all year every year um so she stays in the front lines um but this is the first well this was kind of a comeback year for her last year she placed like seventh Mm -hmm. and this year she made it back into the top five and that's a pretty big feat especially since she has won Miss Bikini Olympia three times before last year was kind of a fluke um I think they really showed that they were going to start following the criteria last year. And that's what they did again this year.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think uh, 2019 when Issa won, that's when we started seeing bikini really just changing. I feel like you were seeing more muscular girls. Um, The lat flare was definitely a thing, but... Last year, when Janet won, they definitely made a huge statement by saying, no, 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 we're not doing that anymore. And a lot of it, I feel, is just simply because of us having wellness now and they had to draw the line somewhere which I'm not mad about and I do feel like now moving forward um this is going to be good for a bikini I feel like things will be more consistent and as far as what the criteria is for a bikini I think it's hard sometimes because yes we all have physiques that we are just drawn to you know what I mean that we like that we think look dope like Laura Lee she looks insane Like, my God, but does she fit the bikini criteria? Jennifer Dory totally fits it. So that's something you want to keep in mind when you're analyzing physiques, because sometimes it can just be your own personal bias and you just have to ask yourself, okay, well, does this meet the criteria?
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think last year it was important for the line to start being drawn. And then this year was solidified, having both bikini and wellness compete at the Olympia. Um, If you put any of the girls from the top 10 side by side, there is a clear line between what bikini is and what wellness is. Bikini Mm -hmm. is about symmetry from top to bottom, the hourglass shape. Wellness is more of a triangle, larger on the bottom, smaller on the top. Um, I think in the past, there was a big difference between going from bikini to figure. And I think that allowed a lot of room for bikini to start growing as it did in 2019 with isa winning with the physique that she brought then Mm -hmm. however if you look from then until now what um isa brought to the stage this year she now fits the criteria got her back into the top five um so i think going i agree that it's going to be more consistent across the board
0: Yeah, for sure. And I I was shocked. Like, I was happy to see Issa back in top five. I thought Issa was going to be top three for sure. So that was kind of shocking to me.
1: Yeah, Um, I think if she had brought the package she brought to the Arnold, it would have been more of a top three look. Mm -hmm. Um, I think she was a little softer, deflated, something looks like it didn't go the same way during her peak as it did in the Arnold showed on her stage yeah because when you look like
0: it's one thing everybody looks good individual and also keep in mind y'all this is the Olympia everybody looks good like these are the best bodies in the world so everyone looks fantastic and to make it to the Olympia stage it's like my god what an achievement but when you look at Issa by herself and then once they started doing the call outs and you could see her up to everyone else I felt like her glutes might have been a little bit flat from my eye. That's what I saw, but you could definitely see a difference. Keep that in mind. How you look by yourself really doesn't mean too much because they got to compare you against others. That's where it really counts.
1: For sure.
0: All right. So then we'll go ahead and slide into wellness. So this is the first ever wellness Olympia. I think everybody was super, super hype about it. I'm glad that you got to see it in person. I'm sure that was amazing to see. And that's good for you moving forward for the next season.
1: Yes, yes. it was very exciting. Um, half my crew that I went with dipped and I watched it with one other fellow wellness girl that I know, um, but it worked because I didn't have to entertain anyone and could just focus on what was happening on stage. Um, it was very exciting to see it on stage and honestly, just really motivating. Um, every girl that got up there brought it. Um I was super hyped that Frontiel won because Mm -hmm. that when I switched to wellness, that's the look that I wanted for myself. So it's just, it's very exciting that that is now what the standard is.
0: I agree. I'm so happy that she won. I mean, she's definitely my fave look. I like her, and I mean, I, I like um, Isabel, and I like Bobby's look, too. I know she's on the smaller side, but I really, I just dig her whole look. I'm pretty sure next season she's going to look incredible, but I was so happy to see that Prentiel one, because just her whole, obviously the body was there, but it's just like the presentation, everything from top to bottom, from the physique, the hair, the makeup, the suit, the posing, everything was just, you couldn't help but not look at her. For sure. So she was first, and then in second, we had Angela, correct?
1: Yes. So it was Franciel, Angela, Isabel, um, Yurishna was in fourth, and then Maria, which I think she was kind of the dark horse of wellness. Maria or Julia? Oh, Julia, I'm sorry.
0: That's okay. I was like, wait a minute. Yes, Julia. She was, yes, she was the dark horse of wellness for sure. Or for sure. Now, as far as the top five, what, what did you think? Was there anything that you saw
1: in particular that really, really stood out? Just for me watching, um, I think conditioning plays a big role. Um, of course, size and shape, dominated over anything um in my opinion from what they chose in the top 5 but conditioning was there as well um let's just be frank i think a lot a lot of people thought that the two to face off were going to be friends Yell and yurishna so yurishna placing 4th i think was a surprise to a lot of people mm-hmm. but if you watched i'm not sure what it looked like on the live stream but in person um the look that Euryshena brought on Friday morning. So pre judging was Friday morning, finals was Saturday morning. Her pre judging look overall was softer. Um, her tie ins were very soft; they were not crisp um, and completely evident on Friday morning. Um, she also chose her yellow suit, which is not my favorite on her. Um, I'm not sure what the thought process was there, but she did change that and she curled her hair for Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. Um, her finals look was better. Finals is judged, but it didn't, it everyone brought a better look to Saturday. So it didn't move her up in placing at all. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think her conditioning is kind of what moved her down in the ranks of what a lot of people expected. Um, whereas Frenchielle brought the same package we see on her consistently on stage and so did um Angela.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Angela seems to be very very consistent and I I'm well, I'm guessing that Yurishna's feedback must have been when maybe she was too hard and that's why she tried to soften and maybe just kind of overshot the softness. That's yeah.
1: Getting. There was rumor that the girls were told to bring a softer look um I don't know how that rumor was started. If they were told that, if that was in a lot of their feedbacks from the pro shows that they competed in prior to, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um, I do think the IFBB's wellness look compared to the overseas wellness look is softer, Mm -hmm. but softer by like 2%, not softer by 10%, which is what a lot of the girls in my opinion brought to the Olympia stage. Um, I do think that several girls brought a softer look to the stage, not just in the top five, but just in general. Um, So I don't know if that's just a result from overcompeting, a result from listening to feedback and overshooting or what that was. But I did notice that as a consistency across several of the competitors.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Because I definitely... I felt like some of the looks were much softer than what we had been seeing at some of the pro shows. So interesting. All right. So, well, that's our mini recap because our actual episode is gone into cyberspace. But today we are going to talk about something (laughs) that is I think very, very important and that's traveling as a bodybuilder in prep and off season. Alexis is a travel nurse, so she definitely gets her fair share of travel and I definitely travel in prep um, when I'm working shows for Show Day Beauty, when I'm doing hair and makeup and that is a little challenging as well. So Alexis, you go ahead. I guess you can just start off by sharing your protocol as far as how you manage traveling and meal prepping and all that jazz, especially with you being a nurse and your hours are really, really long days.
1: Okay, so let's, so just start from the beginning when I was my first year as a competitor. Um, Me in general, then in 2019, I didn't travel for work. I had a hospital that was 20 minutes away from me that I worked at, um, three shifts a week, nothing crazy but my lifestyle in general, I am a little spontaneous and I do like to just get on the road and go places. Um, I love bodybuilding shows. We love to go out of town for those frequently. Um, I like to just take a weekend and go visit some friends, do some gym visiting, all that stuff. So, um, I trial and aired a lot of it the thing that works best for me is to pack everything individually ahead of time before I get on the road. So if I'm leaving for three days, six meals a day, that's 18 meals in containers. I use all the same containers. I'm, they fit into my bag perfectly. They're the six packs bags, um, containers. They're perfect. I pack all of those individually. I have different color lids or I use medical tape, put it on top, label it Monday meal one, and I'm good to go for those three days that I'm going to be gone. Um, same thing with like my intra workout. I put all those powders into baggies, label all the baggies. Um, it does take some prepping. It was definitely a process when I first started um, traveling for work, trying to pack for three or four days at a time. It would take me an hour or two to pack all of that. But that way, Once I get to my trip, I can enjoy it. So I have everything already packed. The morning of Monday, I just pull my meals out, put them in my bag, put the bag in my car, and I'm good for my workday. I'm good for the shenanigans that we're going to be out and about. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the easiest way that I can do that. I do the same thing with my clothes. I lay out how many days of cardio, um, how many days of lifting clothes, outfits, whatever. And then that's also kind of like a checklist for me. Like as I go through my cardio clothes and my workout clothes, I feel like I'm getting things done even while I'm on vacation. Yeah, no, I
0: I agree with that. I'm similar. So for me, whenever I travel, it's the same. We love going to shows, Um, especially I found when working, if I'm doing hair and makeup for shows, I, first of all, I'd have to be really, really intentional about eating because once I get going working, it's like I'm working, working, working. Then I'm like, oh crap, pre judging. Because I like to see everybody on stage. You don't want to see the full look, but I definitely think that the whole prepping the food, cooking everything beforehand is what takes the longest. And I know the last time when I was doing it for some reason, well, I mean, I was. We started pushing really hard, but I found myself like getting really, really stressed out, you know. But I like your advice as far as just making a checklist of everything that you need, so that way you can go down it. And I, you know, what we should do? We should just have like a template, a checklist. Maybe we can make that, and we can post it somewhere, like a Girl Games yep. podcast, like checklist. To my list, but having just like a checklist and going by because what I like to do is just depending on if I'm staying at a hotel, friends, Airbnb, if it's most of the time, if it's something where I know I'm going to be working, it's just easier to go ahead and pack everything like meal one, meal two that way. So that way I don't have to weigh anything out. But if not, this is more so off season, I'll just kind of pack everything in bulk. And then once I get there kind of lay it out, but um, definitely making sure that I am prepping everything in advance and really, really being intentional about it. And Oh, also the last time, you know, when I was working North Americans, you also want to be prepared because I had my check-ins in person with Jordan and she changed my macros on me. So (laughs) you got to make sure that you still have all your extra things with you just in case, you know, if things are sporadic, you're in, prep and your coach likes to flip it up on you yeah you got to be ready for that
1: yeah absolutely so even though I pack all of my meals ahead of time um if you guys followed my prep journey this year um I showed a lot of that on my story just because I don't know I it's I think helpful when I first started competing there wasn't anyone posting about how they do things in a weird way. Like most of the people that I followed worked from home. Um yes. their work went with them, whatever they needed to do. So there wasn't a whole lot of strange scheduling and I kind of had to figure it out on my own. While I did that and it worked, I think it's also helpful to kind of brainstorm off of other people. So, um I always packed my food. I was staying in hotels for my three nights that I was at work. Um, so I could if I packed all three days worth of meals, I could barely fit it into my mini fridge and that was good. Um, But I always brought like an extra sleeve of um, rice cakes that I use. I use those as my carb source a lot. Um, I would bring an extra like baggie of intra workout. I usually had an extra couple meals Just in case, because when you're on the road a lot, you know that things come up, you get a flat tire, something happens, Mm -hmm. you get stuck somewhere, you don't have any food, and that's super stressful in prep if you have to improvise with things that you're not used to eating. Um, I would rather just have a couple extra things with me. Um, I would always pack my scale just in case. And I would, I always will take like something for digestion, in case in my bag, because while traveling, even if you're super used to it, that can be harsh on your body. So um, I'm definitely an overpacker for vacation on work. I try to keep it short, but in prep, sometimes you have to bring a little bit extra things with you.
0: Yeah. And that's a very good point you made. Um, I do that as well. I'll keep like digestive enzymes in my bag. Cause when was it in Chattanooga? I had to improvise For some reason, I didn't have enough chicken breast and there was like a Mexican restaurant or something. I was like, okay, I can just get, you know, chicken breast and veggies. The sodium in that chicken Lord have mercy. It was as if when I was eating it, I could feel my body just swelling up. So things like that, you know, always pack extras because you never know what can happen. And then some other packing tips too. something that I like to do. um, If you're someone that does like peanut butter, I feel like all like the Jif and Peter Pan, they do it. But instead of having it in a jar, it's like in a little squeezy tube. I just find that to be more packed. Have you seen that before?
1: No, like peanut butter in a tube.
0: It's like in a little, hold on, I'm going to show
1: you. <laughs> While she goes it? in that, usually I just put, I like prepack everything. So if I have 16 grams of nut butter that I need to eat on Monday, I put that in a small little container and label that meal whatever.
0: So it's like in a little thing like this.
1: Nope, never seen that.
0: Yeah. Well, so that way, so that way I don't have to bring the whole jar and it's just, you know, pack friendly and put it in my bag. But little stuff like that I found super, super helpful. Um, I do for fats, I typically do peanut butter and avocado. But as you know, sometimes avocado you can buy and it dies on you. So what I'll do is from um Costco or Sam's, I'm sure they have it, they have like the little mini cups of guac and I can just do that that makes my life so much easier too so little things like that
1: yeah I've done the little mini cups of guac also um I don't really like guac though oh (laughs) (laughs) I'll eat it in my plan but I try not to I try to like Wiggle around and get peanut butter or something,
0: (laughs) no, understandable, and that's a good point, too. Um, when you're in prep or just in general, y'all try not to eat things you don't like because that is going to make the process just terrible. Of course, once you get three weeks out, it's not a matter of I don't like it anymore, it's just everything's just very bland and it is what it is, but. Definitely stick to foods that you like and you enjoy and it's going to make the process way easier for you.
1: Yes. Um, So my preference for traveling is I like to drive rather than fly if I can. Um, So for me personally, most of my shows are six or seven hours well, they have been in the past from my house. Mm -hmm. So that I'm totally willing to drive. I drive for a living anyway, basically. Um, Not a big deal. And it's, it's less stressful for me to know that I have everything in my car. I'm in charge of everything.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I can get from point A to point B on my own schedule rather than flying. However, I know that a lot of people have to fly for shows. Um, While I've not done this, I've had um, many competitors and friends have to fly. Um, one thing that I know people do is they still pre-pack their meals. Oftentimes you don't have enough room for meal containers when you're flying or you'd have a ton of bags to check, but you can put them in baggies that saves room and you can still pre-pack your meals. So you can put your four ounces of chicken in a baggie with green beans. I would probably be selective of the yeah. vegetables asparagus in a baggie, Um, but it's definitely doable that way. Um, And then also, if you're concerned that you are going to be traveling for many hours, you can freeze the food ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So all of this that we're talking about takes planning ahead, but you're not prepping for a show if you're not planning ahead. If you're winging it, it's not going to go well. Um, Another thing that I know a lot of people do, check your food bring your suit in your carry-on because your bag get lost and you can get, yes, your suit and your heels, put them in a carry-on. Um, obviously this is for prep, but if your food gets lost, when you land, you can improvise with food. If you have I would recommend just going to Walmart, getting a hot plate and using that in your hotel and sneak it in. Don't get caught. But (laughs) your $700 suit, you do not want lost in a suitcase somewhere at the airport. God, no.
0: I'm so I mean, I know I'm going to have to do it eventually, but I'm so nervous about when I finally have to do fly for a show. That stresses me out because it was like for North Americans, I was stressed out about flying because one, I was in prep, but also when working, when I have my hair and makeup kit, like hair, that's easy. I can get hair products and tools with my makeup kit. That's like thousands of dollars. And the thought of that potentially being lost, I can't handle it. And now I'm thinking for nationals because I am going, I'm going to be working. I'm just kind of like, I'm probably just going to drive to Florida to make my life easier because Yeah, it takes more time to drive. However, just for peace of mind, you know, peace of mind. But we understand that everybody obviously does have to fly at some point.
1: Yes. um, Not everyone loves driving. So a five-hour drive person, it's much less stressful for a two-hour flight. Um, And I also want to recognize Amber and I are on the East Coast. We're in Virginia, North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. The majority of national level shows in the United States are held. They're held between the Carolinas, Pittsburgh, and Florida right now. Yeah, um, I think USA's is in Arizona. Arizona, mm-hmm. the furthest one from us. We can't really drive that. Yeah, no. But <laughs> <laughs> um, those of you who live further out west are more comfortable with flying. Um, that's really your only option. So planning ahead and knowing what your plan is, is the most important part so that you don't get stuck.
0: Absolutely. Especially if you are in prep. Now, switching over to off-season. If you're in off-season or maybe you're not even a bodybuilder, maybe you're just a lifestyle person and you're just trying to make sure you stay on your goals, guess what? You still have to plan ahead because like for me right now, I wouldn't even necessarily call myself off season. um, I'm just, I'm kind of paused. I'm in a maintenance phase right now. So we're just kind of holding steady where we are. And I think we're probably, I'm probably going to start back up prepping in January. I got to check my check-in again and see what she said exactly. But even still in off season, especially if you are trying to be competitive and you take it serious, or maybe you're on a serious fat loss goal, you still got to plan ahead. The only difference is you have a little bit more flexibility. You know what I mean? Everything doesn't necessarily have to be to the T. You might plan to have your meal one through four, have that packed. And then maybe meal five, you're going out to eat somewhere, but it still takes planning. You want to make sure that you are doing all the things to make sure that you can stay on point.
1: Right. You don't, whether you're off season or lifestyle or whatever it is, you still don't want to just wing it. Because if you're winging it, you're, you're going to fall short somewhere and then you're not reaching your goals. So yes, while we go on vacation, um, we go out of town for holidays and things like that mm-hmm. and you should enjoy those things, especially when you're in off season or when you are a lifestyle client, like there are give and take, um, but falling completely off of plan makes it that much harder to get back to it. There's a lot more excuses. Um, Once you make one excuse, they tend to spiral. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that leads to like emotional tie-ins. You feel guilty for doing whatever you did. Oh, well, I just, I ate this for breakfast. Today's just shot. Mm -hmm. I'll start again tomorrow. And then that just keeps going. Um, So planning ahead just helps you avoid that situation it allows you to enjoy whatever you're going out of town for but then to also still keep in line with your own personal goals that are still going to be there when you get home right
0: and this is another one that I feel is very very important because I know you deal with it and I you know have to explain it a little bit but whenever you are traveling maybe you're not going far maybe you're just going to be with your family all day long that can be tricky Because you have to understand that they're probably not going to understand. And what you are doing is a very foreign concept. So while the questions may be annoying and you may get frustrated, (laughs) just keep in mind that they don't get it. And I had to learn the hard way where I just basically had to change my mindset of, I'm not even trying to make you understand it. Can you just leave me alone? Let me eat my food in peace, please.
1: (laughs) Yes. And I think that's also something to think about as far as planning ahead. Yes. You need to plan ahead for packing and how you're going to get your meals and all of that. Um, But mentally plan ahead too. So if you're going to see Paw for Christmas that you haven't seen in six months or a year or more, he does not understand bodybuilding most likely. Um, He just knows that you're coming to visit him. He might value food, which a lot of our culture does, Um, want to sit and eat cake and fall into a food coma with you. Um, One, you need to plan ahead of time if that's something that you want to do. If it's not, make a plan of how you're going to approach that when it comes up. Um, For me, off-season can often be more stressful in that arena than in prep. Um, because when you're getting ready for a show, although your family might not understand it, they understand that there's a deadline. Um, So while you may get comments like, oh, you've been working so hard, you deserve this cookie. um, It's easier to say, no, I have a show in X amount of weeks that I'm getting ready for and I don't want to fall short. But off season for the general population is like Oh, you're eating normal. Are you back to normal now? Yeah. (laughs) Oh
0: my gosh. Yes. 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 Oh, can you, oh, can you eat this now? Can you eat that? And like, I'm like, I can, I can eat whatever I want. Like, let's be real. But I am choosing to eat or not eat specific things. I hate it. Like the last time, this is when I was at my old salon and I was in prep and we went out to dinner or something and everybody was just so, like they were more distraught than I was that I was not indulging in what they were eating. And they're like, oh my God, I feel bad for you. And then finally I said, don't feel bad for me. I'm fine. (laughs) Like I chose this, but it just goes to show, how food is such a big thing in culture, because even if you think about it, like, okay, like if someone is like binging out or posting this crazy pizza or burger or something on social media, everybody's like, oh my God, that's so cool. But if you sit down and eat a salad, oh, why are you eating a salad? Like that's a little messed up when you truly think about it.
1: Right. Um, And also try to understand, I know a lot of beginners follow us on this podcast um, are Audience is mostly amateur competitors. Mm-hmm. So many of you have only been doing this for six months, a year, two years. Um, and I mean, I haven't, I'm an amateur myself. I've only been at it for three years, but I can tell you from experience that as you set a precedence for yourself, someone, they will, people will get used to it. Yes. Um, so for example, I am a travel nurse. I go from hospital every about 13 weeks or so. I go to a new hospital, I have a new whole work crew. Mm. Um, let me tell you that nurses can't eat. We get, especially in OB, everyone's happy that we just delivered their baby. They bring us snacks. They want to buy us dinner. <laughs> Candy bars and stuff, which is great. I'm not complaining at all. Right. Um, Nurses can get down and that's a lot of times how we celebrate with each other, um, plan special dinners for birthday parties and stuff like that. Um, and saying no to a whole new crew, they're like, why, why can't you do this? And it's a whole, you're explaining it so often. Um, but 13 weeks after Two or three times of turning things down, yeah. as long as you don't do it in a nice way. People uh, don't even care. They're just like, okay, let to okay. eat this. Alexis brought her own food. We're going to order lunch, and we're all still going to eat together, and nobody cares. It's
0: fine. Yeah. My mom, she's been here for, what, this Saturday will be two weeks <laughs> earlier this morning after we were done eating. She's like, okay, so we're going to eat again in three hours, right? And I was like, yes, ma'am.
1: <laughs> I was like, you got it, girl. That's it. Yes.
0: Like, okay. Yes,
1: we got busy. And I finally got a chance to sit down. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I have such a headache." And my coworker said, "Well, I'm I'm pretty sure you didn't eat your eleven o'clock meal." I love it. <laughs> I was like, yes. I mean, she was right. I didn't, yeah. so I was hungry. Yeah. no. I was behind. The That's exactly why I had a headache. Um, People around trust. You know yeah, they learn your schedule, mm-hmm. um, and I know. I've experienced this where you say no, and you kind of feel guilty for saying no, because you know, that other person values, whatever they're asking you to do. And then when you say no, you feel like you're letting them down, right. but really, do you want to let them down? Or do you want to let yourself down? Right. And they don't care. Like they're oftentimes they're inviting you to do X because they're going to do it and they don't want to leave you out. Mm-hmm. That, that's true. And, and that's a
0: very solid point that you made because you have to think about it in the long game, right? It's kind of like, okay, you know, you have to travel and it's like, yeah, I could just eat whatever, but I'm going to be very disappointed in myself when, you know, my 14 weeks or 16 weeks or whatever the case may be is up. And I think back on my prep, like maybe you don't place as well. And you really think back and it's like, did I do everything to
1: the T? Yes. And you can't, so at least from my experience, I have come, I mean, I've come close to my goal several times. I've won shows. I've come short, just barely. I've placed second a couple of times. Um, and I can tell you, I, I mean, it sucks. Nobody wants to place less than what are looking for. But if I had regret in the back of my mind too, I can't imagine how much worse that would feel. Um, winning. Also, I can't imagine how great it would feel if I knew I could still do better. Yeah. So even if you come to your goal, there's still going to be the, but if I had done this, would I have done, would I have looked even better? Would I like my photos more? Would I feel more accomplished if mm-hmm. I hadn't done this? You know, like nobody wants that regret and don't oh. put that self- that onto yourself every day you have the choice of whether to prepare whether to execute or whether to take a break mm-hmm.
0: because even you know you genetic freaks out there that maybe you can get away with it just because you can doesn't mean you should because eventually right. that's going to catch up with you let's say you are a genetic freak and you just you just kind of piddle paddle around I guarantee you once you get to that pro stage guess what baby everybody's a genetic freak at that point.
1: Right. So you can do it now. Maybe some of you might be doing it. Um, You are snacking and relaxing on your plans um, because you think your coach isn't going to be able to tell one. Let me tell you that they do. They know Um, they may or may not choose to fight the battle because you have to want it more than them. Uh Um, And you might be winning overalls. You might be getting the placings that you want. So it looks great you are in the bottom of the fishbowl.
0: Yeah.
1: And then when you get to the pro stage, you are the goldfish in the ocean trying to stack up to those people. Mm -hmm. And for some pros, then it still works. You still place highly in the top five, you still win. Um, But if you look at any of the divisions at the Olympia two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, you can, every person on that stage has genetics. They all, Have the ability to snack on their diet, show up to an amateur show, and blow everybody out of the water. Mm -hmm. Look at the people who didn't place compared to the people who did. Mm -hmm. Some who didn't place could have placed a whole lot better if they had executed everything. Now that is way above our heads right now. Most of us on this cast are amateurs. Yep, but think about yeah, and we're we should be doing right now what we plan to do in five years. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You want to really set the tone for sure. And I know something that I deal with and I, and I just kind of realized it about myself and it's kind of like, it's the opposite. But once I get stressed, I lose my appetite and snacking is just as bad as not hitting your numbers too. Yes. And so that's something that I, like the other day I was, I was force feeding myself all day long. Like I just didn't have the appetite and it's just due to stress. That's just my stress response. And the back of my mind, I was like, whatever, I'm not hungry. I'm just not going to eat. But I had to remind myself, no, because you still have goals. You still have the opportunity to build on your physique You are going to be on stage in a couple of months. You don't, don't let this be the reason as to be the reason why you don't play slow because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. You're not hitting your numbers, like eat your food and shut up and keep it pushing. Exactly. That's a short one. I think we pretty much summed it up.
1: Yeah. I I mean, we talked a lot.
0: Yeah. I mean, the main takeaway for traveling, rather you are on off season lifestyle plan ahead. If you don't plan ahead, you are planning to fail, period.
1: Yep. Um, from here, we have a couple, well, we have a whole list of ideas for podcasts, but if you guys comment, if you guys send us DMs mm. and give us, I, we can, we can throw those in. Um, while we have content ideas, it's always cool to hear what you guys actually want to hear from us on here. Um, So ask us questions, give us content ideas, and we will throw them in as we can.
0: Absolutely. So you guys, thank you so, so much to everyone who is listening and downloading. Send us all of your ideas and we will chat with you next week. Bye.
1: Bye.